welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets splintered? You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. She stop the rage. Well, sometimes that is better. It may look like that person, but it ain't that person. Because whatever lives in the ground beyond that cemetery is human at all. We'll tear your soul Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood, as we continue our months-long discussion of cemeteries, graveyards, and 1980s horror movies. Up next, if you like betting, if you like jokes, one-liner jokes, a lot of jokes. Like there's like a shit ton of jokes in here. Like, and there most of them were not yeah. funny, but there was a lot. If you like um, cool-looking demon flesh zombie-like creatures, if you like pirate gold, and if you like annoying teenagers, this is the television horror movie for you, brother, because we're talking all about graveyard disturbance. Yeah, I was looking forward to this one. Jay Austin, James Klein, what's happening, everybody? What's happening, Allison? How do you feel about this uh, TV made-for-movie by our boy Lomberto Brava? Is yeah, his name yeah. Right? I was going to bring that up, Lamberto Bava. Yeah, um, I, I could be saying it wrong. I, I don't. I don't speak Italian very well. Um, I don't know with our country but, uh, accents. Yeah, brother. Yeah, with our country accents, <laughs> I, I speak Italian exactly the same way uh, Brad Pitt speaks Italian in Inglorious Bastards. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> since I speak Italian best, I'll say all the words. <laughs> that's the way to do it, brother. But, uh, that was two weeks in a row. We brought up Inglorious Bastards. That's a great movie. Everybody should watch it. Yeah, definitely. This was a um, this was yeah, a very so interesting movie. This is good. I liked it. I like this. So this one is pretty interesting. So we talked about two of Baba's movies before, which are two of my favorite movies. Everybody, hell we, yeah! You gotta check them out. The archives. Demons One is probably one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Um, and Demons Two was pretty good as well too. I like that one. But Demons One is definitely one of my favorite horror movies of one of all time. And uh, it's cool to see you know Baba's work. You know what I mean because he definitely has like a certain style. Uh, but this one was a lot different than what he's done Look. like in the past and stuff. But you know, we'll get into it when we talk about who booked the shit. Uh, but this one was uh, I, I didn't like when I was watching. I didn't expect there to be so many like one-liners, like punch lines. You know what I mean? Like there was like a ton of them in there in this one. So I think he was when he was making this film, he was probably trying to make it more on like the lighter side. You know, when it comes to yeah, like I, some. I'm wondering, I was gonna say, I wonder, if, I wonder if that's because it was on television. Probably. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of, you know. You know, it's sometimes you got to spice it up a little different. You know, make like a made-for-TV horror movie. That makes it kind of fun. You know, I, I and I thought this movie was, you know, it did have a lot of, like, corny one-liners that I didn't really get. But it was a pretty fun movie. Um, you know, we have all the tropes there. We have, like, you know, really cool scenery. We have a shit ton of fog. I mean, the fog budget on this movie rivals Pumpkinhead. I mean, there was so much fucking fog mm -hmm. here. 
This shit was crazy. And, you know, cool scenery, cool, you know, production when it comes to the movie. You know, okay plot. It really didn't end that well, but, you know, it was not too bad. <laughs> so, but let's get on into it, everybody. Like every Retro Blood, we talk about the release date. Or what yeah. was happening in metal and pro wrestling, brother, around the movie. And I believe the release date, do I got this right? It was in October of 1987? Uh, yeah, it's like October 27th or something like yes. that, I believe. Of 1987, brother, one of my favorite years to talk about, 1987. Yes. Yeah, a lot of good shit going on. Oh, yeah. Like, this was a hot, you know, period. Not not, not every horror movie was hot. Like, we have a format right now with, like, horror movies in 1987 mm-hmm. where yeah. they're not as serious anymore. They try to make it a little bit more, like, goofy, lighthearted, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but I do like the the uh, the fun aspect of them. So they're they're trying to make more more horror movies a little bit more like fun during this particular era. You know, not not all of them, of course, but there are a lot no, of them. Are trying of them. To, they're trying to make them a little bit more like like you know, I would say goofy. Even though there's some goofy parts in this movie, but they're trying to make it a little bit more like you know, uh, fun. I guess not has like yeah scary in a way or like disturbing. I would just, I would just say. Right, I think the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies are a perfect example of that, which we did a review of all those in the archives if people want to go back to the very beginning with our horrible audio and hear those um, back in the early days of Retro Blood. But the early days, we didn't have the expensive shit we got now. We were uh, yeah, we were punk rock back then. But <laughs> exactly. anyway. Now we're radio rock now. How did that happen? Now we're radio rock. <laughs> we're mainstream now, brother. <laughs> But anyway, but yeah, see, you know, when it starts out, Freddy Krueger's scary. I mean, yeah. That first movie, when you really think about it, that's a scary concept. Oh, yeah. And then, and then part two is scary, and part three, he's still somewhat scary. But by then, he started to, you know, it got to where it always gets, where people like the killer more than they like like to see the killer stopped. You know, the killer, the killer in your movie should be the bad guy. He should be the guy you're afraid of instead of pulling for him, you know, rooting for him to kill people which is what it always turns into. So so what do you do? You turn your killer face, and then everybody's supporting the the killer at this point just wants it to see him chop up teenagers. Yes. And there's really nothing wrong with that, but that's what happened with those movies is they, they got more lighthearted because your killer's not scary anymore. So now, instead of like being afraid of this, uh, you know, back from the dead pedophile, you're pulling from the back from the dead pedophile to kill children. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's how lighthearted nineteen eighty seven. Yes, so uh, you know that, that that was that was just a big trope that was happening. You know, like um, you know Friday the Thirteenth yeah. and and the Halloween movies would also uh, m- mirror that pattern as well. Kinda, yeah. So you know, obviously we you know we did have some movies that like were off the beaten path that we talk about in nineteen eighty seven. Mm-hmm. But generally, when we talk about this particular year, we have those. Pulling for the main killers and having a little bit more lighthearted slasher or, or demon films, I should say. But let's talk about the history stuff. What are we watching for the pro wrestling, Allison, around October of 1987? We're about to be getting into Survivor Series, I believe, for the for the F and for the Crockett. We're getting close to the Starcade, brother. What, what are we What are we watching? Uh, well, what I wanted to bring up is neither one of those things. Okay. And, um, <laughs> I, like I wanted it. to, <laughs> and just cut me right I off. There, bring bro. Up... 
This is why we don't we just surprise each other. We don't plan the show at all. Oh yeah, it's way better. So um, yeah, it's way better that way. So um um my one of my favorite promotions, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh okay, nice. Did a show. They did a show on the twenty fifth, which would have been two days before this movie aired on television in Italy. So I mean, conceivably, we could have gone to Japan in Tokyo and watched this show. Yeah, and then hopped on a jet and flew to Italy. Yeah, of and course. Watched. Uh, graveyard disturbance on television uh two days later well you know we would be like that guy that you know that goes to the wf now with the green shirt you know what i'm talking about yes that fucking fan yeah. that's on like every fucking front row of every yeah we were like him he was like flying yeah, everywhere like, brother with their retro blood shirts on in the front row exactly okay we need retro blood shirts man that's For we sure. need to do that yeah i mean sure. i've been talking to some people about coffee mugs but they ghosted me recently so i don't know if that's happening now um but uh, maybe go maybe maybe mugs and shirts and stickers we need. Yeah, we, we probably need should. Those. But anyway, I'm gonna spice up the yeah. logo too. Yeah, so we'll yeah. get that going. We can, yeah, we gotta do like our taglines anyway. on there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> brother. <laughs> yeah, that would that'd be good, brother, brother. <laughs> Retro blood, brother. Anyway, we got off the subject. We're talking about New Japan. New Japan. So New Japan was about to come into a renaissance at this point. A lot of people would say that that in the you know in the eighties. Early 80s, especially New Japan pro wrestling, had the best wrestling on the planet. Um, but it was still a little bit before my time. But so my time with New Japan is really like the 90s. Um, because as we know, that's when I got back into wrestling. Um, but a lot of the wrestlers that were going to be huge in the 90s and are legendary today were kind of getting their start around this time with the current, with the gimmicks that they got famous for. So you had um, I'm not going to go through every single match on this show, but the ma- but it, the but you had uh, in the opening match you had Akira N- Nagami and I'll butcher some of these names I apologize. Um, he wrestled to a draw with Kensuke Sasaki, and Sasaki um, was kind of a famous wrestler already at this point. Um, we would see him in WCW somewhat, and he would become the Power Warrior and team with the Road Warriors a lot of times and wear the face paint. Because that was huge in Japan, um, but one thing I wanted to point out is um, Goto, the original Goto, not the one that's in the in the New Japan now. He was in a tag team with Shinya Hashimoto, who was one of uh, uh, you know one of the most famous Japanese wrestlers of all time. He was originally like a sumo guy, I think, and then he converted to uh, to uh, uh, to wrestling, and he really embraced the. Uh, uh, strong style that uh, Inoki started. Like he, like he, like really beat the shit out of his opponents. Like you know, he was being in a match with with uh, Hashimoto was was rough from from everything I can tell. And uh, they beat up uh, Daryl Peterson and Steve Casey, who I have no idea who those people are. Uh, but they're Gaijin wrestlers that came from you know the United States probably to get beat up by these two guys. Um, one thing I also wanted to point out that was really kind of interesting. There was, I just, I can't believe this actually happened, but Kingo Kimura and Kenji and Keiji Mudo, the great Muda, who we, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about. Yes. Um, they beat Conga the Barbarian and Manny Fernandez. So I'm not real familiar with Conga the Barbarian's career, but I'm just trying to imagine these two up and coming Jap- Japanese wrestlers who would become legends. Yes. Against Manny Fernandez in 1987. I mean, I just, I just think that's a, that's that would be an amazing thing to see. Exactly. Um, especially really after fun. all the stories you hear about Manny. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, go yeah, ahead. It's, it's pretty, you know, like Keiji Muto's career has been like fantastic. You know, obviously I knew him as the great Muta when he was in the WCW, yeah. you know, going in and out. Right. Um, I don't, th- you know, I was a late bloomer. Like we talked about this, I was a super late bloomer when it comes to wrestling. So when I first laid eyes yeah. on the great Muta, he was part of the Dark Carnival with Vampiro around 2000, yeah. WCW. Yeah. Which I thought that was but a great which... group when I was growing up as a kid. I loved that group. And I liked yeah, I liked yeah, Great cool. Muto too, but you know, I, it, when I did my research back, you know, I saw Great Muto versus Sting, you know, Great Muto in Japan and stuff. I mean, this guy was mm-hmm. just like fantastic. So seeing a young Keiji Muto go out there and you know do his thing with Manny Fernandez, yeah, very, very, very interesting of how the uh, yeah. pairings yeah. can be. And I always liked so, how Japan did that. You know, they brought a lot of foreigners to to help out, and you know, Japan's always been known really good for like mixing styles. They don't have just like absolutely. one. Absolutely. Now they had the Japan strong style, but they're very good about being open to different wrestling styles. Yeah, that's true. And um, I didn't get a chance because uh, we've been a little bit busy with the retro bud this week. But I didn't get a chance to look and see if this show was on the uh, New Japan World. But uh, maybe we can find some clips of of some of these shows on uh, on. Uh, on the YouTube yeah. uh, to post. But um, one thing too was there was a really, this wasn't even the main event apparently, but this would have been a hell of a match too. So the IWGP heavyweight champion, Antonio Inoki battled Dr. Death, Steve Williams to a double count out. Wow. There you go. And I bet that was fucking crazy. Like I'm sure they Definitely. were, since it was a double count, out, obviously they weren't in the ring, but they were probably like, beating each other up in the crowd and uh you know fighting on the on the ramp and they were probably all over the place um yeah uh, dr yeah, death was like awesome. a huge you know guy gene foreign star over there at the uh oh, New yeah. japan he like was he was one japan. of the big yeah that's pretty much where he made his career at you know over here in the states he did have a decent run with wcw he had that stupid crappy run with the wwf um yeah um did later yeah, on wcw run I- sucked too but but, you know, him in Japan, like, he was, like, a big, big, big star around there. Yeah, he was just, like, you know, he's, he, I guess, like, he didn't really take off as much in the United States as he could have because he didn't really have a gimmick. Yeah. I mean, he kind of did. He was Dr. Death. But, I mean, he was, like, he was just a guy. You know, he was just a big guy that beat the shit out of people. Yeah. And, you know, in, in, in the Hulk Hogan times, it's kind of hard to, like, it's kind of hard to doubt Hogan Hogan, as we've talked about before. But, you know, he there was definitely, you know, the, the normal guy wrestlers, it was kind of harder for them to get over. But in Japan, he's going to get over because he's this big, huge white dude that's beating the shit out of people. And they love that. They love Lance Archer. They love that shit in Japan. Yeah. yeah any big, tall, big, giant dudes always do very well yeah. in Japan, just like Vader did, just like Bam Bam Bigelow did. They all yep. do, you know, very, very Bruiser well. Brody. Bruiser Brody, big one yeah. over there. I believe I'll, 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 um, the Butcher, um, was it? Abdullah the Butcher. Abdullah the Butcher, yeah. He did pretty well over yeah. there as well, too. Yeah, so. he's a, yeah, he was a legend in Japan. Yeah. So, you know, he was uh, definitely, uh, yeah, they, they love big, violent wrestlers in Japan uh, from another country. And Dr. Death, you know, he Stan Hansen is another good example of that, but they um they definitely fit that bill and they fit in perfectly over there. Yeah. But yeah, I just want to talk about that for a second because that would have been we don't talk about New Japan a lot on this show, um, but um that was a uh, that would have been a great show to see all these up and coming 
legendary wrestlers because KG Muto is just actually retiring this year. Like this, yes. this is his final year. Yep. So in 1987 he was wrestling, and in 2023 he's still wrestling. Yep. And he, uh, well, I think he just had his last retirement match. Uh, yeah, he did. That, did you hear about that? That was really it was it was really interesting. Yeah, I heard. What happened. Yeah, I heard it was you know it was him versus Naito, and then after the match yeah, him, with Naito, him. he challenged. Um, Chono. Masahiro Chono. Yeah, yeah he, he challenged Chono from the yeah. uh, announcer's table to yeah. come up and wrestle. And then Chono, but he hasn't been wrestling, what, eight years, something like that? Some it's long been a, period of time. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. So this is so Chono got in the ring and tapped out uh, Mudo yep. <laughs> for his final match. For his final match. So, yeah, definitely some great Japanese legends that we see. And, you know, I know, oh. I know, I knew Chono and Keiji Mudo, the really great Mudo, for their NWO days. Mm-hmm. And they're in well, NWO, yeah. yeah, NWO Japan. So yes, which was the cool, cool yeah, little Chono, class gimmick. Yeah, Chono originally had a. He was a different kind of wrestler originally. Like if you see him in the early WCW days when he wore the blue trunks, yeah, he would be in WCW and he was just like, he was like a different kind of wrestler, almost like a Ric Flair type wrestler. Um, and then he had some kind of back injury or something, and he couldn't do the same things he did. So he created this like. Yakuza like gangster kind of gimmick to where he uh, he didn't move around as lot as much as he used to, um, and that's where he becomes the NWO Chono, and that's where I discovered Chono was he was an NWO when I found out who he was. Um, but yeah, um, New, New Japan's great, great wrestling. Yes, very fun stuff. While we're on, uh, are we trying to get into our graveyard disturbance on the television? Maybe we'd see that. Maybe yeah. when we're in Japan watching the show. Maybe they would have this on one of their TV stations. Yeah, maybe. Aaron. Yeah, we can so. watch it. You can watch it on satellite or something. Maybe. There you go. Yeah. Know. Never know. I don't think they had VPNs back in the day, but, you know, maybe it can do. Uh, <laughs> I don't maybe. even know if they had satellite back in the day. <laughs> Was there satellite TV in 1987? I don't know. We'll see. Well, yeah, maybe. We'll just have to get the little cords on the TV and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what are we listening to? What do we, we got, we got a great wrestling show. We got a, we got a hot movie tv show coming mm-hmm. out what do we listen to so on october 23rd two days before oh. this new japan show so when we were waiting to fly out to japan yeah for this show that was going to happen two days later we're flying out of new york city okay and you know we got we're our flight's the next day it's the 24th we're on our flights happening, so we got to find something to do right we drove the trans am all the way to new york yeah we got to find something to do so on october 23rd um, of 1987, uh, Guns N' Roses played a show at the Ritz. Now, this is not the famous Ritz show. So basically, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction came out, I believe, in July of 1987. And I remember specifically that coming out and how much how much of an impact that had on me. Still one of the best rock and roll albums ever made. It, it'll, it would stand up to anything that came out today. But... Um, they were going on tour opening for people, but they did they in 1987 in fall of 1987 in October of 1987, they played New York three times. Um, they played this show in the, on October the 23rd. And then they played two more shows like the next week or like the, like a few days later. But um, they would, the, a year later they would come back to the Ritz and play a famous show that was filmed for MTV, which when you look this up on YouTube, that's mostly what you get is this 1988 show. But this was a real early Guns N' Roses set from uh, from the Ritz, and it's 
pretty much on fire. I mean, this show was great. I think it was actually better than the 1988 show. They were, it was still really raw. They were still like, you know, they, you could tell that their album hadn't started selling yet. And they were just like this hungry, you know, dirty rock and roll band from, uh, from LA that's playing these shows in New York city. Um, what, what's your history with guns and roses? Uh, um, I don't have too much. So yeah. I, I never been like the, the biggest, like I knew about guns and roses and I think I had sure. the, uh, their famous album. It wasn't that the one had the guns and it's like yellow in the background, something like that. Yeah. Appetite for destruction. I think may be the album you're talking about. Yeah. That's their famous album. Yeah. And God, I can I, I don't even, I'm, I, I probably guns and roses is probably the band. Like I know I like some of their tracks, but I don't even know like any of them. <laughs> All right. So I don't yeah, have I, mean, a, I don't have fair. a big yeah I don't have a big like background when it comes to Guns N' Roses even though you know but tell me one of the famous songs that they do. Um. Well. Uh. You know. Paradise City. Welcome okay. to the jungle. Welcome Those to the jungle is probably the one, yeah that's probably the one I've heard the most is Welcome to the Jungle. So. Yeah, because it sounds like a wrestling entrance theme. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like it would be a great wrestling. I mean, I, I guarantee you, it's been a wrestling entrance theme for somebody. But oh, yeah, you know, definitely. the way it starts with that little slow guitar part and then just takes off. Like yeah, yeah. that's that would be a great wrestling entrance theme. Um. Yeah. We have some. I have some of the show on YouTube. Uh, found some of the show on YouTube. So we'll uh, we'll post some of the like, track or two or something from the show. Yeah. Um. But it's um. But yeah. Uh, Guns and Roses' Appetite for Destruction. I mean, not strictly metal, but it is hard rock, and it's like it's a it's a fantastic album. It's one of those Guns N' Roses is one of those situations where they were one of those bands that started out so hot because they'd been around so long, so they had all these songs that they'd written, and every song was amazing, and then they just kind of imploded and fell apart. Yeah, and you know, they had that one great album, and then the 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 second album, the Use Your Illusion album, was those are both good too, but they're not as good, and and you can just tell that this whatever they had, you know, that lightning in a bottle that they had for Appetite for Destruction, it's just, it, it's just it's just magical. Like there's just like this these five guys that came together that don't look like they go together, but they somehow do, and you know they're just like these this just energy that they have that, that that appetite for destruction has and that's basically what they're playing here is they're playing the appetite for destruction songs um to a to a ravenous crowd of new yorkers who were come to see this brand new band guns and roses that's awesome though like yeah. you know like bands like that you know bringing in the audience everybody's going crazy for them like it's definitely that definitely probably would have been a really fun fun show to go to oh yeah Hell yeah. So we would have definitely liked that brother in the Trans Am. I probably, you'd have been knowing all about him. I'd be watching him, seeing if I like him, not live. I, I probably would have digged him. You know, good little show. Sometimes you go to concerts, you don't really know too much about the bands, but you know, sometimes when you go there, you can mean, you become fans of them, just seeing them play exactly. live. So that's happened to me a couple exactly. times. Yep. So let's roll on in and talk a little bit about who booked this shit, brother. Yeah. All right. Obviously, we know who did because we talked a little bit about him. Lamberto Brava. He is probably yeah. one of my favorite Italian. I know Allison. He's probably one of your favorite directors, especially during this era. Yeah. And obviously, he did a lot of Italian horror films. And our, so this one kind of this is how this movie kind of came to be. All right. Mm -hmm. So following the success of Demons and Demons Two, which we reviewed, check them out in the archives, everybody. 
um, from the from the success of those films in in Italy and beyond. Uh, the company that produced them all, they announced in July of 1986 that that a series titled, and I'm going to screw this up, Bravido <laughs> Gala, which I guess it just means like it's basically like talk about Brava's like it's basically it's made for television movies, and all these made for television movies are all going to be directed by Lamberto Bava. So basically, this guy was so popular in 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 Italy in Italian horror films that they. The, the company, you know, gave him a contract to make five um, or actually the, to make four. Um, well, yeah, originally there was going to be five. Five, that's what it was. Yeah, featuring five made-for-television yeah. films during a course of times. All right? And only four would be made, but Graveyard Disturbance was, I believe, the first one that he did. And yeah, then he did yeah. Until Death, The Org, and Dinner with the Vampire. Yeah, so. the the ogre was gonna is a uh, uh, uh it it's sometimes um as listed as demon as a sequel to demons. It's not really, but uh, when you buy you can buy it in the United States, but it's listed as demons three the ogre. Okay. Um. Um. But yeah, so uh, that that term that you you mentioned that uh, bravido yellow. Yeah. So yellow is literally it means yellow. But uh, but those um like like the non supernatural Dario Argento movies the ones that are about serial killers and murderers and have a mystery to them like the Hitchcock type ones mm-hmm. those are called giallos and a giallo is what like I said it means yellow but the reason they call it that is because they that came from a term from like the 40s or the 50s of these like murder mystery novels that they used to put out and the covers were always yellow. So they they started calling them giallos. This is a giallo. It's a new giallo that's out. Um, and the word bravido means thrilling. I think so. I think that term is they're saying like thrilling giallos. So they're going to make these three thrilling giallos or these four thrilling giallos for you to watch on television. And um, although technically none of them are giallos, but anyway, that's that's beside <laughs> the point, I guess. Because um, you know, because they're all like supernatural in nature, but um, yeah. But um, yeah, so they were originally going to make five, but they actually ended up making four. Um, Baba has a huge um, history of making television films. He worked in TV a lot, um, and not only just in horror, but he made um, this movie that I've been looking for for years called The Dragon Ring. I, I bought a bootleg of it in the 90s on VHS. It's like a fantasy movie. It's like a three-hour fantasy movie. Um, but yeah, he, he did, and he made that for television. But um, but yeah, he did a lot of work in television as well as he did for uh, for feature films. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's where we are, and that's why we ended up having these um, Italian horror movies on television for the for that year. I like that. You know, it's kind of cool to see like a. We talked about this before, like you know, TV horror movies. You know. Yeah. Like they're not the most like gruesome, craziest thing you'll see, but you know it's nice to True. watch something that's like you know in the genre that we can actually watch live over the broadcast, not to go wait exactly and go to the theater and spend money on it. We can watch something and get us all pumped, and maybe it can turn into like a series. You never know. Exactly. We used to have TV horror in America too, but then we kind of got rid of that. Yes, they mostly just do like um like TV shows, you know, and you know yeah. since everything's kind of like on streaming now, 
You know what I mean? It's just like it's you don't really see like over the broadcast like True. horror movies anymore because they just go to the streaming channel that the company who made them, or they just go on Netflix or something. Exactly, so. it's go straight to Netflix or something like that. So, Graveyard Disturbance was originally developed under the title Inside the Cemetery. Mm-hmm. You get it? They're Which is inside. A funny name. Yeah, sorry. Right. No, uh, no, I get it. <laughs> I mean, straight to the yes. point. <laughs> We're inside that Straight cemetery, brother. Yeah. So, Baba, he describes the film as being not as heavy as Demons. Definitely wasn't. And no. he, I, I guess he was going for a more relaxed and tongue-in-cheek approach to this film. Like, you know, not making it as serious, not making it as, like, scary. It was making yeah. it more like, okay, you know, we're going to have these kids being scared and stuff, but they're going to make jokes while they're getting scared and shit. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, I always thought that was really strange because they're like, "Yeah, let's get the let's get the guy that made Demons and Demons Two to make TV movies for us." Yeah, exactly. Like some of the most like disgusting, like brutal movies, <laughs> gory ass movies. Yeah, yeah, for the time period. So, so Graveyard Disturbance. It was first shown at the Stages Film Festival in Spain in October 1987, mm-hmm. and Brava introduced the film himself telling the audience that it was not intended for a theatrical release, and apparently the film received chorus of boos from the audience. Yeah, they did not like this. They did not like this <laughs> shit at all. <laughs> Which, you know, I can't blame too much. Like, I mean, no, like, no. to be honest with you, like, like, okay, if I... I it was kind of like me watching this. I was like, you know, we know him from Demons, Demons 2, which we reviewed, yeah, and exactly. I love those movies. And those movies had a certain tone to them. And, you know, they weren't... They were good. Like they were had a good tone to them. They had some, you know, frightening stuff. They had some like semi-serious people. Everybody was pretty serious. This one was like it really was like a very tongue-in-cheek style of movie. Yeah, yeah. And so. I mean, they don't really go into detail about what he actually said, but I yeah. think that what I took from that is them telling him telling the audience that this is not intended for your theatrical release was mean. It was was him trying to say that this is not gonna. Have the same tone yeah. that Demons and Demons Two had. Yeah, I think um, he was trying to but, warn them. You know, but when you're watching it in a theater at a film festival, you don't really take this as a TV movie. This is yeah. like, you know, I just watched Demons and Demons Two, and now this is what you show me. But yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't have liked it either under those circumstances. Yes. And then this one was later aired on Italia One on August eighth, nineteen eighty nine. So it took him two years to actually put it on television. Yes. So. So also too, we have uh, you know some 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 critics out there. Given Graveyard Disturbance has, uh, like a big spoof of a movie mm-hmm. and Baba's worst film to date. So how's nah. a big fan? What do you think? Well, do you think it's maybe. his worst film to date, or what do you think? I haven't se- I haven't seen all of his movies, so I can't really say that. I mean. I don't. I can't even think of a movie that he made that was bad. So yeah, maybe it's his worst movie, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean there's... a bad Bava movie is better than a lot of shit you're gonna watch other places. I yeah. can tell you that for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I said, like this one, you know, there was unnecessary jokes throughout the whole movie, yeah. like this light humor, rhetoric stuff. But you mm. know, like kids are kind of like that you know they're 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 making them like you know kids are not taking anything seriously and stuff and it it, the movie was definitely a a little more light-hearted than i wanted it to be 
but I thought it was yeah. like a fun one. Yeah, the movie I think saved this movie a lot was the um, the atmosphere, like the cemeteries and the and the crypt and everything, and then the props and the the designs. I thought they all looked pretty pretty great. Yeah, to me it looks it's almost like a, like a throwback movie, like a movie that would have come out in like the fifties or something, yeah. um, where they're like you know like going around this kind of haunted house. But I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean when you think about it though, you're coming out of demons and demons two. And then, um, you know, then he went on to make other incredible movies like right after they made this movie called Midnight Killer that was really good in 1986. And in 1987, he made this really dark movie called Delirium that was really good. So coming off those five movies in a row and then you watch this. Yeah, I could see how a lot of people would be like, okay, this is his worst movie. But I mean, it's not it's not it's not bad at all. But I mean, who knows? Maybe it is his worst movie. But like I said, a bad Bava movie is better than a lot of shit you're going to watch from other people. Yeah. And like. When I was watching this movie, I was like, and mm. back in my head, I was like, you know, remember when we watched Demons and Demons 2? They had that movie playing in the movie theater. At first, I thought this yeah. was that movie, you know, because I the, thought that I thought that too. Yeah, because in <laughs> that in that movie, that fake movie they were showing the kids, it was the same kind of plot. Like we had these kids yeah. and like sneaking into the cemetery, and there was some sort of demons and stuff that they unlocked and everything. So I was like, ah. I thought about. I thought that's it was what that. he should have done. Yeah, exactly. They should have just made that movie that it was yeah, playing. Just made that movies. movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. That would have been freaking awesome. He would have been yeah. considered a genius if he'd done that. Yeah, because he's making like his own little universe with the exactly. with the demons and stuff. And I thought that would have been like a you know like I said like a genius like a very good idea to kind of like make a like a like a, basically make like his own little like universe where he can make like little yeah. things like that. So. But everybody, let's turn the TV sets on and let's do and the full review your, yep. of Graveyard okay. Disturbance. Graveyard Disturbance, bro. Let's do it. Look at that. Fantastic. Treasure, all right. Yeah, but what's it doing in here? There is an underground crypt that is cursed. Rumor has it. That beyond the crypt, you can go even deeper through a series of catacombs that, according to some people, is the waiting room to hell, a place where all the horrors from beyond the grave can be witnessed. <laughs> Count me out. Let's get one thing straight. Think Cut it that. short, Tina. Cemeteries. I don't want to see the tombs. What is it? It's only a mirror. <coughs> what are you screaming for, you idiot? It's just a body. Don't tell me you believe in vampires and zombies and that kind of... <laughs> I'm here to welcome you. <laughs> Take off the carnival mask now. <laughs> well, I don't see what we have to be scared of. Unless... Unless what? Unless you're scared silly of a dusty old chapel and a few splintered coffins. Yeah. I don't know. It sounded 
talent. So we open up the film. We see a bunch of like pictures and shit. Alright. So one of them looked like the cover for that band, you know, Heavy Metal. No, that movie yep. Heavy Metal. Kinda with a girl. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And it looked like there was another movie poster on there too. With like this, with a skull like over the city. Yeah. Couldn't figure out which movie that was. But I know there's like a movie poster. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, I meant to look that up, but I ran out of time. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that that is an actual movie I've seen, but I cannot place what it is. Yeah, me either. I mean, I I can't place it either, but I know it's an Italian film, and mm. I don't think it's one of Baba's films, but it is one of the Italian films where there's like the skull and it's kind of like over the city. I just can't place mm. the name in my head. And then we see I'm some sure lips. somebody out there knows. Oh yeah, they're like you little marks. This is what that fucking movie was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you dumbasses. Don't you know? Don't you know yeah. everything? Don't you know it all? So we see some lips of the SIG, and it, apparently it's like this guy's uh, van, Johnny. Yeah. Our boy Johnny's van yeah. is just all painted up with all these posters and shit, and mm. I don't know what the hell. He, he, it looked like he had some sort of elephant thing in his van or something. I don't know what the, I don't know what the <laughs> hell is going on. At first, this shit looked like Back to the Future shit going on here. That, so. Yeah. He just so, has a lot of shit in there, but that yeah. van artwork was badass. It was like, pretty badass, I, yeah. If I were going to buy, like, a van from that time period, I would, like, have, like, a giant wizard or some shit painted on the side of it, an airbrush. That would be badass. Yeah, that would be be badass. So we have a bunch of kids in, like, this, like, convenience store, and we're having, like, this 80s music playing in the background, which Mm -hmm. I was digging. I was digging this 80s music in the background. Yeah. Kids are looking at them. (laughs) The store owner's looking at them all funny. And uh, the guy that we know has, Johnny, he is trying to get the car ready for the getaway. Mm-hmm. All right, and the car, of course, gets stuck. I'm like, fuck, the car's already getting stuck already. I mean, shit, already. <laughs> so the kids steal owner. some stuff. It looks like they stole some booze and chips and shit, and they run mm-hmm. out of there. And we see the store clerk run after them and stuff, and they get away. The car works and stuff, and they're all happy about it. And this is kind of like we're like meeting a little bit of our crew over here. You know, we got uh, Johnny. He's like the getaway driver guy, the guy who cracks jokes throughout the whole fucking movie he doesn't stop at all <laughs> fuck and then we have tina his like love interest girl with the glasses we have um we have david uh the uh the the fonz of the group and we have mm. robin like this the blonde superhero guy of the group and then we have uh, nikki the blonde sister of david with she has headphones on the whole time yeah so to talk about how much they're like, you know, robbing this place and how, you know, how exciting it was. And then they pass by a bunch of cops. The cops just like wave at them. And then they just go on out. And then they, uh, they, 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 there's like this place that was like taped off with one little tape. Like it was, you know mm-hmm. how like if they barricaded place off, like you can't go through here, they'll put like a bunch of shit in. Now this place just has one little tape and they just run by it. No, yeah, let's yeah. go straight through it. Let's go straight through it. Uh, and then when they're driving through this uh, area that was supposed to be off limits, uh, they start driving through a bunch of fog. Robin can't see anything out of the fog. 
And then eventually the blonde girl, Nikki, she hears horses through her headphones. That's where she takes them off. Robin's like, oh, she speaks. She puts the headphones back on. <laughs> so we see some horses, like a horse buggy, and there's nobody on it. So it's basically just like this like area out there in the fog. There's a lot of fog in this movie. Did I mention that? Oh, my God. There's a lot of fog. I mean, this guy must have been, he must have had like a buy one, get one of fog machines or something. So the the horses around there, there's no there's no pretty person riding the horses. They're just wandering around. And then David makes a bunch of jokes about vampires and werewolves. And of course Tina, the girl with the glasses, is getting a little scared. So now David scares both Nikki and Tina with fake spiders. And then they finally the fog finally clears up and they're by some water. They get outside to look at the water. And I don't know, I think it was Robin said, this place looks like Apocalypse Now. Because it's water and stream. Ha ha. Ha ha. Look at me, I'm making jokes. (laughs) The dialogue was so weird. That that would have thrown me off a lot in this movie. Just with the weird dialogue. And then our boy Robin's like, oh yeah, that looks about uh, uh, 30 to 40 centimeters. We should be fine. So Mr. Wilderness guy. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to cross, they're going to go in the van, they're going to cross the little uh, rivers. Or I guess they're like, what, dams? What are these things? The uh, water. So. A, a river is what I would call that, that they were trying to cross with it when the van gets gotcha. stuck or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. They're just trying to cross a river, I think. So there's a man in a hooded figure. So watching them too. And Tina notices mm-hmm. the guy. So they're driving through the little river part and the van eventually gets stuck. And uh, this is when we see a a shot of the hooded man. Looks at him for a long time and just walks right away. Yep. And the kids, they're getting out of the water. Uh, Robin and Johnny, they start fighting each other, saying like, hey, man, you know, you're the one that uh, had us go out here in the river. And his car's all fucked up now. Uh, Johnny's all mad about his van being stuck in the water. And the the big thing is uh, Robin just wants to get everybody on on the little part of the the shore. And they're going to go... Follow the river upstream because when you follow the river upstream, you find towns and towns have people. And then everybody calls Robin John Wayne. So I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the rule is you're supposed to follow the river downstream if you're lost. Yes. Well, he Um, was going wherever he wants to go. Robin is. No, that's, that's a good point. So, and also to uh, Nikki's, her Walkman has now, I don't even know why it went out. Like, did it fall in water or something? It just stopped working. That's what I figured. But yeah, it's just not working now. It's just not working. Uh, <laughs> so now they, so while they were, you know, about to walk up the, the river to go see, follow it up so they can go find the, uh, the, uh, the town, they hear some mm-hmm. werewolf, a werewolf outside and they all get scared. Yeah, it's so weird, right? Like, there's these like universal type yeah. monsters kind of in it. Like, there's a werewolf. They hear a werewolf, and they they got these ghost horses and all this stuff is happening. It's kind of odd. Yeah. So we see a big scene of them going through like water and forests and stuff. You know, just trying to follow the the uh, the, the Robin's plan is basically just to follow the water and keep following the water mm-hmm. until they find a town. Mm-hmm. Um, all the kids are complaining. There's a lot of complaining in this movie too. Complaining and jokes. If you like that, this is this is it for you. 
Uh, they're finding like he's just trying to find wetland, and they eventually hear a bear, and they all run away. All kinds of animal uh-huh. danger. Yes, and this is when they they go to like a little muddy part of wherever they're at, and they see like a like a footprint. They think it's a bear print, but it's too big to be a bear. And this really never was like <laughs> this never really was like explored. It was never explored, and it no. has these are the worst footprints i think i've ever seen in a movie like, yeah. it looks like they just literally took a stick yeah. and made like little little indentions in this weird footprint that i'm not sure what it's supposed to be yeah but yeah we, we never i don't think we ever visit this again do we no we just see okay. we just like hey those those don't look like bear tracks oh no they don't they're too big okay let's run towards this <laughs> fog huge. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what happens hey these are big tracks let's run towards this fog okay everything's great <laughs> so now they're in the fog more. Did I mention there's a lot of fog in here? We're gonna hear. A lot. Uh, you, you mentioned it a time or two. There's, okay. there's, there's gonna be a little bit of fog. Yes. So now they see a big ass castle. This castle now has bells ringing through it. Mm-hmm. It's a cool looking castle though. Yeah, you know I mean, like very fog everywhere. Castle, old school, liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So awesome. then uh, your boy um, Johnny makes some more jokes, saying like, "Oh, you know." Basically, it's okay. You know, you find the you find five star restaurants in the most weirdest places. Ha ha ha! Look at me. <laughs> ha. I'm sure we're gonna find one here. Yes. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. That guy got heat with me. <laughs> His dumb jokes. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Huh? So yeah, they go inside. Can't die quick enough. Yeah, I know. I don't think. No, we'll get to that too. Right? We'll get to that too. <laughs> so they uh, they go into the castle. I put. Uh, <laughs> They go into the castle-like structure. Uh, there's fog. There's fog everywhere. They, we see some cool-looking dead trees, and then they go up and they find some writing. And they're like, "I was written Latin." And your boy fucking Johnny's like, "Well, I didn't. I I was better than math." I was like, "Bro, do we need a joke for everything?" Oh my god! I'm like, yeah, every, come on, everything. everything. Just well, shut up. Well, you know, uh. you you know that guy, right? There's always that guy. Yeah. That at your work or your job or in your friend group that always has to have some kind of yeah. stupid joke for everything. Well, he's that guy. Yes. And so now David, he knows how to read Latin out of nowhere. <laughs> 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 and it was all saying like, you know, they build temples. Uh, uh, they build the temples of God approved of the house of the dead. So this is basically saying like, this is the, the temple of the house of the dead. And then, a, and the the blonde uh, Nikki, she's confused. Okay, and then our boy David's like, "Oh, you know, was, uh, of course you're confused. You know, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it makes sense to me because you know, when you're conceived, mom and dad were some deadbeat hippies. Yeah, damn hippies. And then she gets all upset, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, what? What's going on over here? Like, <laughs> okay." So now Tina goes up to David and says, hey, David, you're being a little tough on your little baby sister. She's just a kid over here, even though she has the hots for Roland. That's not Roland. It's, it's uh, 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 Robin. I don't know why I said Roland. Robin, yeah. It's, it has the hots for Robin. Uh, and then David comes up and apologizes to her, and she's like, oh, yeah, no problem. You know, you call me a deadbeat hippie kid, but no problem. Everything's good now. So after all this, Robin, he wants to find, he wants to camp here at this uh, mm-hmm. castle 
foggy like structure. Yeah. And David's like, you know, David and Robin have like a little bit of a quarrel, a little bit. Um, but he's like, okay, let me go look around for my room. Okay. So they all find like a little corner to sleep in. Uh, Tina can't sleep. And she starts flirting with Johnny. I was like, of all the people, you really got to flirt with this guy. So Johnny tells her like, uh, he can't sleep either. And they both like each other. And that storyline pretty much goes nowhere. So we got, uh, we got the hooded figure. He is around in the fog. And he goes, eventually he sees the kid sleeping in the fog. And then he walks yes. away. And then, the uh, <laughs> and then, um, and then, uh, he walks, then we, he walks towards the kids and the kids are sleeping. We have a lot of fog everywhere. And then eventually David wakes up and he, he talks to Rambo Robin. Cause yeah, that's what their, his nickname was Rambo. Cause he's like, does all this, like he doesn't even do anything that Rambo did at all. But I guess he's like the alpha yeah. male guy, I guess. I, I suppose. And they wake up and everybody wakes up because they see a light that's like in this like little tunnel full of fog. So everybody gets up and they all walk towards it. And when they're walking towards it, I couldn't believe my eyes. <laughs> all right. So they're like fucking, they walk in like this spooky castle inside the spooky castle. They walk in under, uh, like kind of go through the light. And next thing you know, we see a middle light bar sign. <laughs> in the spooky castle. In the spooky castle. And apparently there's like a, like a, like a bar area inside the castle and robin thinks it's it's a curse because remember what he read from earlier the, the all the curses and stuff or all the demons and stuff they all come at nighttime yeah, over exactly. here at this at this place so he thinks it's like a trick or something but they all go there and david thinks it's not a trick he just wants to do some food and drinks because it's a tavern so they go into the haunted like oh, I, I, sh- I should have just put tavern but what i put in my notes is they walk into a haunted room kitchen bar. <laughs> and then <laughs> haunted room kitchen bar. That's great. Yeah. Cause like when you see the scenes, you see like a little bar, you see a little kitchen. I was like, okay, haunted room kitchen bar. No problem. So, so they're walking around and they see, you know, all the, there's like people just hanging out here at the, the diner, the club or whatever. So they all sit down at the table and Tina has to crack a joke. Oh, I wonder if they take the diner's club. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Well, this 1980s humor is like, I wonder if people were just like, I guess people weren't laughing at this fucking movie. They were just booing this shit the whole time. Yeah, they were just booing it. <laughs> so, um, so now the guy who, the hooded figure, who was following him at the place, Tina recognizes the hooded figure guy. And that guy comes up to the table and he asks like, hey, what would y'all like want? Cause they're at they're at like a pretty much like a like I said a haunted kitchen bar, and the guy's like, "Oh, what do you got?" Well, the, well, we got sausage, cheese, and we got a little bit of steak. All right, so they all want sausage and beer. All right, everybody pretty much agrees on sausage and beer. Yeah, I mean what's, that's great, right? Yeah, it's the best decision they've made so far. So now, like they cut like a uh, uh, they cut a joke about werewolves. Like, oh, who's going to pop out on next to a werewolf? Then this guy pops out, this other person who works at the, the diner. And he's looking all serious. And then Johnny fucking gets all nervous and shit. Like, trying to, like, back up all the jokes that he was doing. And um, 
you know, he was talking about like, you know, you know, werewolves and stuff, you know, around here. We don't really talk about, we take this, this was the other guy that got that popped out. You know, we don't talk about, you know, movies and stuff around here at all. You know, we don't joke about that kind of stuff. You know, I lost my arm to a werewolf. He ripped it right off and I grew this and then he had his hand in his crotch and they all start laughing. I really did not want to laugh at this because it's so fucking stupid, but I, I couldn't help it. It's just yes. funny. It's just... Yes. <laughs> and then... I mean, even the yeah. story is ridiculous. Like, I know, exactly. I, I, my hair ripped off by a werewolf and then I grew... Pants. And then look, I got a hand in my Holy pants shit. now yeah, and I'm making fun of it. Everybody starts laughing around the bar. And then Dave was like, oh yeah, this place is a pretty good. I bet the food's good here too. And then everybody gets all serious. <laughs> what the fuck? This guy said bet. And he's like, we joke about werewolves and shit, but we don't joke about betting around here. <laughs> <laughs> well, they get served their drinks and sausage. I didn't even see no sausage. I just saw the fucking drinks. Yeah. And this is when they said they don't, you know, they uh, they get all, they, they joke about werewolves so they don't joke about betting. Nikki, she asks to go to the ladies' room. He says it's upstairs. She goes up there. She doesn't even go to the fucking restroom. She just sees some fucking pirate gold. So there's like this like golden structure like ball and it has like mm-hmm. pirate gold in there and it has like different objects and then it has a random fifty dollars <laughs> it's like something you see right, at the right, fucking yeah. like arcade you know right. what i mean you put a little quarter in there hope you can get something out of there <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what it looked like and everybody goes upstairs and they all check it out and they all notice there's money and everything so then the so then the uh the hooded figure guy Tells them to come all down here. Their food's ready. They all get down. David asks, like, what the hell was that up there? It's like, oh, you want to know about that? Well, let me tell you what that is. <laughs> let me get this long story of how this is a, uh, it's a secret treasure that was here with the, the Knights of the Templar. All right? And the yeah, Knights of the yeah. Templar left it here because the, they were going to have... St- Thieves steal their gold. Alright, but they didn't they didn't go in the crypt to do it because they chickened out. And ever mm-hmm. since then, the the gold that the, you can win has grown over time because people have tried to bet on going in and lasting a full night in the crypts below. Alright. Legend also says that if you go to the catacombs. Underneath the crypt, that is the portal to hell. So, yeah, so all this is going well so far, right? Yes. So they break into this bar yeah. <laughs> with this weird guy who lost his arm to a werewolf, and now they're on top of a portal to hell. So we've seen these kind of things before, right? Yeah. <laughs> In Italian horror. Yeah. I mean, the only thing you're missing was some eye poking, which we didn't get, but, you know, yeah. we, we got, yeah. all the, we got everything TV, else going. Right? Yeah, TV stuff. Come on, guys. So... So the so the 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 things they they bet on why they take betting so mm-hmm. seriously is because yes. you have to last a full night in the crypts below and if you do you win the prize brother you win the win the gold you win me gold over here brother I had flashbacks to Leprechaun the, the Templar gold yeah. Templar gold brother so David over here is like I don't believe any of this hobble crap all right I think he's just making a bunch of shit up all right. And then David's like, well, you know, maybe I'll play their game and maybe I'll I'll bet on it and we can win. And of course, the the, the other people, like the girls are like, no, we got to get out of here. These people are weird. 
all right? And then David's like, listen, what I'll do is, all right, I'll bet on there, I'll go down to the crib, and you guys, after everybody goes to sleep, just come on into the crib, and fuck, if we're all together, nothing can happen, right? Yeah, nothing can go wrong. And they're all like, no, no, it's a bad idea, and he just goes up, puts his wallets in there, and does it anyway. <laughs> so he has now put his wallop in there, all right? And he is now going to be, he, he, he volunteered himself to go into the crypt. And he's going to be playing this game so he can win the prize. And this is when the, uh, the, the, you know, the hooded figure, which obviously we can see right now, he's the crypt keeper. He is now taking him down to the, to the crypts down there while everybody else is going to be leaving and meeting him later on after everybody goes to sleep, apparently. And, of course, they're all saying how weird the place is, but they're going to take a crack at this anyway. So then they make a bunch of, like, vampires and zombie jokes, too. Yes, of course. So now the uh, so now we find out the Crypt Keeper guy has a red eye, and he takes him down to the Crypt. He's like, hey, if you go down to those steps, it'll lead to the door. And then he's, like, asking for the lamp. Guy's like, I don't know if you need that lamp, but he takes it anyway. I'm just like, can we hurry this along? <laughs> it it is taking a minute to get to any, yes. anything. And then David asks, like, okay, what happens to people that have second second thoughts? Crypt guy's like, I feed them to the hounds. It's like, mm. oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> That's what David said. Sure. So he goes down sense. there. So now we have all the rest of the kids. They're outside, kind of like in the front entrance. Mm-hmm. Um. So now, then, when they're out there, we see the uh, crypt keeper guy. He is watching a horror movie on TV. Mm-hmm. And he goes, turns off the TV, and he opens up the gate, saying, "Your friends will join you soon." So he knows their plan mm-hmm. of the kids joining them. Yeah. See, see, that's what they should have done. So th- this should have been the movie. That they were watching in demons. Yeah, exactly. And then when you're watching this on TV, he could have been watching demons on the television. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it all makes sense. Like, we should have just... Yeah. We got to go back yeah. in the 80s and tell him to do that. And, and got to go back in time yeah. with our DeLorean. So, so Robin's, like, working out now. Because, you know, he's, like, the all for male Rambo guy. That's absolutely, yeah. All Can't right. stop those guys. We got to make sure he has his shirt off, brother. Oh right. yeah, we got yeah. some more parts for him to do later on in our franchise. All right. <laughs> franchise, <laughs> sorry. So he goes on. I didn't totally miss this if he did this at the beginning, but he said he wrote his name on a statue. Now I didn't see that at all, but apparently he wrote his name on a fucking statue, and now that statue's not here anymore. And then we get more yeah, jokes. Re- Go ahead. As I say, I do remember him saying that, but yeah. I don't remember seeing it in the actual movie. Same here. So now Johnny makes some jokes about the statue being like his lover and shit. It's like, thank you. Funny, funny. So now they're waiting. They're basically waiting for the lights to go out so they can go join David down in the crypts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they keep talking about how strange things are over here. I mean, duh. Um, and Tina, or is either Nikki or Tina have a theory that I thought that they should have explored a little bit more in this movie? Of thinking that they're already dead. And I'll tell you where that theory goes at the end of the movie. Because I thought that would have been a good concept to the idea compared to what we got. But I'll get there. Mm-hmm. So all the lights get turned off. Now the kids are... They all go to the... Uh, you know, back into the uh, kitchen 
uh, haunted bar. And they get in there and they notice that the gate's open. They're like, oh, fuck, the gate's open. Nothing wrong here. They just go through the date. They go and enter. They go look for David. They, they call out for David like at least four times over here. He doesn't answer at all. So there's a lot of walking in this movie too. So we get a lot of walking down. It's very, they, get, they, they, they hear some noises and stuff. Um, they don't see, you know, they, they make some more jokes. All right, about like TV preachers. Like this place has more soul than a TV preacher. I'm Ooh, like, who the yeah, fuck wrote this sure shit? That... <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Then they, <laughs> I bet the audience was like, oh, what the fuck, boo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they, uh, they eventually get to the crypt part and we see a light that kept flashing at this crypt part. That, that never was explored either. Uh, mm. They call out for David. He doesn't get there. They eventually go inside the crypt and um, they see uh, so Tina is now freaking out a little bit she's like listen I like to do fun things here I like to eat candy <laughs> I thought this was really weird <laughs> that's why I wrote it down she's like listen guys this crypt shit now, you know she's already like there right now like she could have just waited right. upstairs but no she's like listen guys like this crypt shit is not for me I like fun things okay I like candy I like Christmas and I like Woody Allen yeah, so I'm wondering if that's just, I mean, obviously the Woody Allen part's not like a mistranslation, but that was just like weird things to say. Like, yes. I like candy and Christmas and Woody Allen. I was like, where the fuck, the, Woody Allen, where did that come from? <laughs> what a random ass thing to say. I know, yeah. exactly. And it's like, and then of course, you know, Rambo, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, uh, uh, he he was like, like, no, we're all gonna be stuck. We gotta be together, you know, all for one, all all together. Yep. we gotta go yep. in here, okay? If we're if I'm going here, everybody's going in here. So they go in there and stuff. Nikki's all scared. Uh, the noises start to happen a little bit, and eventually we see that there's a hand on Tina's butt, and it's mm-hmm. David because he scares them all. And David yeah. was just like chilling out there, and um, you know, this is when also too when. Eventually scares everybody. The the Nikki, she's got so scared that she ran into one of the coffins, and the coffin breaks open, and it's a body, and it's a demon like body rises up and starts to stalk him. Mm-hmm. So this is when we get a really weird scene, and this is when I knew this movie is not going to be serious at all, just by this one scene. Okay, <laughs> so the demon like wakes up, right? And it looks like it's going to be like stalking the kids. So the kids all try to get out, but they're stuck in the gate. And right. then John's like, does anybody have a cross? And then, of course, they start making a bunch of jokes like, no, I'm Mormon and Jewish. I'm a non-practicing Christian. And, and then one of them said, uh, then the fucking John says, oh, I pawned my cross off. I'm like, wait a minute, what? I thought I thought that was actually pretty funny. Well, it was funny, but like, it's one of those things where like, I... You, I mean, you could tell that this is supposed to be light humor. Like, right when it... At first, yeah, I couldn't yeah. really... T- like, you know, I didn't know... Any, I, I didn't do a lot of research until after I watched the movie. And at first, I was like, okay, they're yeah. just making a lot of jokes. You know, that that's that's normal. And then we're going to get to the serious part. No, there was no serious part. It's just there all fucking jokes. There was no serious jokes. part. Yeah, there was no serious part, all really. Jokes. But, but yeah, I, just, I thought that was just... That was a pretty funny joke. Because, yeah. you know, it's like making fun of, like... You know, like the scene we had in the last movie from last week where... Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, this character had this gigantic crucifix that's going to like save them. But like, so they were just making fun of this. Like, no, he's like, I don't have a cross. He's like, I don't have a crucifix because I'm Jewish and I I sold mine and I'm not practicing. And 
you know, <laughs> like, but yeah, I, I thought that was pretty funny, but I mean, you're right. It, it never really gets serious though. Yeah. So after this, the demon looks like it's going to like attack him, but he gets really distracted. Like he's like something distracted him and he tries to go and open more of the mm-hmm. coffins. Yeah. And they're not sure what the fucking demon's doing. So they're like, hey, let's get out of here before he gets his friends up in here. And they find like, a little <laughs> hole to go down to, like a little ladder. And then they get down there, and David's like, oh, yeah, I've been here before. And he asks, like, you know, and then he asks, like, they ask him, like, well, why were you hiding and stuff? And he's like, I don't know. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Sure. And it's like, well, why are you there? Like, they were chasing me. He's like, well, who was chasing you? I don't know. I didn't see him. I don't know. Okay. The, the demons. Yeah, I the guess. demons. Yeah. Uh, so now the uh, the dead demon up there is like his. So he opens the tomb. He looks like a mm-hmm. dead demon woman. He touches the dead woman's tit, and then the dead woman slaps him. That happened. So now 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 yeah. we have our demons doing comedy as well too. Okay. Yeah, even the demons are doing comedy yeah. now. So then they pass by a bunch of heads. One of the one of the eyes move, and now I'm thinking, like, okay, it's just like this. It's just like this is like a kid just going through a haunted house right now, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like we're just going through a haunted house. There's no danger. We're just walking. Um, and then yeah. yes, so now they argue about they can't find a flashlight. They don't know where the flashlight is, and they hear some noise and they see the the demon. They see it like a demon. Like once they get the matches, like so I guess uh, Nikki she had matches for some reason. They get a match on, and just like in a haunted house. They scare him and they run away. So now Robin, he he got separated. You know, Rambo. He got separated from the group. All right. He's trying to call out for everybody and eventually falls down a hole in water. It has a bunch of dead, slimy demons in there. It has some eyes popping out. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to climb Typical up for a while. And stuff. Yeah. And then like he sees like all the kids like saying like, hey, Robin, climb up, climb up. Like, you see all the kids there, and they disappear, and they come back. Then he just gets out of it. Unharmed. No problem. No. Good to go. No problem. No problem. Easy. So he's looking around, goes upstairs, finds, find, and then he eventually just runs right in the crew. He says, where are you guys? He's like, I don't know. Where were you? <laughs> he's like, I thought you all, you all, I thought you all were dead. I saw you all dead, and now you're here. He's like, okay. So now Johnny thinks it's a, a, a trick. Everything is now a trick. Okay. And uh, and then they confirmed that that thing up there was a zombie. Okay. And then while they're talking about, you know, places to go and how to get out of here, nails start coming open. And uh, they're basically saying they have, now they have randomly two hours to go until it's dawn. Because remember, if they if they last until dawn, they win the gold, brother. Exactly. So they hear these uh, screws drop, and they they go they look at the uh, the coffin that's opening. The screws are just opening on its own, and eventually they see that they're opening, and they're like, "Oh shit, we gotta get out of here!" And they have Robin because he's the strong man guy to try to open the door, and they keep counting him down. It's like, Robin, that's one screw. Now it's two screws, Robin. There's a third one. <laughs> And he finally gets them out, and they all run away. Yep. And then, of course, we have more hey. demons. And this demon actually looked pretty cool that came out of this coffin. Like, his face is all mangled and shit. Right. So, I thought that one was pretty cool. So, after they run away from the uh, mangled zombie, um, they all decide to hold hands together, like, in a group, and yeah. go straight forward. Like, keep 
keep going straight forward. And they hear a bunch of like demons and wolf sounds. And then eventually Robin and Tina, they slip from the group somehow. And they're trying to look for the rest of the group all around like the uh, crypt dungeon area. Mm-hmm. And they they keep saying like, you know, anything is possible here at a crypt. All right? Anything's and they, possible. And they go look for others and they hear some noises. They eventually see a hanging body. They get all freaked out by this hanging body. And they get away from the from the from the body. Then they 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 see like a little hanging noose around there too. So I'm, I, to me, I'm just thinking totally like haunted house vibes. And <laughs> when I'm watching yeah, most of this stuff, so yeah, it's exactly like a haunted house, it's like a haunted house movie from like the 50s or something. Yes. So they go inside another room. They see a room. Um, <laughs> this is a weird scene. So it's like a dinner party for like demons <laughs> and shit. Yeah. All right. So all these demons are like eating like Jello and fucking uh, eyeballs and shit. And I swear, I swear, the kids they look exactly like Cleons from Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. I thought I thought that was really odd too. One uh, thing that I was gonna say is like this movie reminds me of is um, it reminds me of the movie Waxwork if you've ever seen that. Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, where that's a fun yeah, one. We like should do that one. Yeah, we probably will eventually. But like where they're just jumping from room to room and all the scenes are different. It's kind of like that's what it kind of reminds me of. Yeah. And that one's a little bit of a light humor um, style of a well. horror movie as, as well, always, too. Yeah. But it's fun. So and then the I thought the um, the I guess it was the mother demon out of this one. She had all those like sure. all those eyes and shit. I thought she looked pretty cool um, with all the eyes, like the many, many eyes she had on her face. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that that actually looked pretty good, like some Resident Evil shit right there with hers. Everybody else just had like that random like wolf looking face. So like I did not expect this though. So Robin and Tina just show up, right? Like yeah. they just walk right in, and they all just like freak out and they run into our coffins. I'm like, really? We have like these demons <laughs> out here eating their Jello, and these fucking kids just come in there and disturb it, and they just run back to their coffins. And then the, and then the, like Tina like it doesn't even bother. I'm like, oh well, that happens. So let's go. Keep move forward. I was like, why was that scene even like no there? Problem. It was just weird. That was very weird. So they uh they just gotta look forward and they start holding hands and look forward and they just go. So they so then after all this, they just meet back up with the crew. Just like a haunted house. Okay. And they were talking about the hanging man and they didn't even talk about the cannibal family or whatever the hell that family was. All right? Yeah. Yeah. So now David he is like, okay. How about we just do this, guys? Why don't we just sit and wait in the corner until the fucking dawn comes, then we'll get the money. And everybody's like, oh, we shouldn't do that. And then they're like, okay, yeah, let's just do that. So, And they don't really know how much longer till dawn. They're kind of like guessing uh, yeah. because, you know, they're down yeah. in the crypt. They don't have a watch, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But according, according to David's calculation, we're only about 20-something <laughs> minutes away from fucking dawn. Okay? Yeah. So he's, he's going to wait it out. And um, so, you know, they're waiting around. And then Robin says, you know, they still got to they, they gotta think on that. But then a light shows a ladder. And then they, um, they, they go towards the ladder. But, you know, David says, you know, he wants to wait 22 minutes until dawn. And Tina says, you know, there's no way that we're all getting out of here. And then they all try to hold hands together. They're going through some more crypt stuff. They finally see like a ladder, another ladder, and uh, they go up the ladder. And then when they made up to the ladder, 
Um, they make it up to the same kind of like crypt area that they were in before, but the gate's locked. Okay. Yeah. And eventually, Robin gets the gate open, and you've never seen a more happier girl than Nikki. <laughs> she was all like, Robin's like doing his little thing. He's like, yeah, 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 Robin, yeah. I don't know why I thought that yes. was funny. That was that was pretty funny. Where well, they're like, yeah, we finally got it open, Rambo. Yeah, Rambo got it open, brother. So they get out there, and then they... <laughs> so now they got out of that gate, and they think that's like, you know, the way out. Because that's like, you know, the where they kind of entered from was that, that gate. They're, they're, they think they're just going to go upstairs, and they'll be in the, the bar area. But no, they go right back to nope. where they were. And it's just like, what? This is right back to where we were, you know? And then, out of nowhere... I think it was like Roland, and I was like Johnny Bragg. Hey, you guys ever heard of that painter Esser? They had a painter from Dutch. You know, he painted all those illusion yeah. photos, and this. I was like, what? Yeah, what's going MC on here? Escher, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, what? what's this painter guy got to do with it? It's like, well, what's going on right now is is symmetry and shit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we don't know if we're going up or down or sideways and stuff like that. You know, what I mean, it's all an illusion over here. Our human minds can't think of this. You know, so we have to we have to be a little bit more prepared of how to escape this place because if we go up, we could be going down. If we go down, we could be going up. You ever heard of that Esser yeah. guy before? Yeah. So he, um, yeah, he does all these like um, I would call them surrealistic paintings or art, kind of. Um, it's kind of like perspective this perspective is weird and like you can look at it one way and then like you're you know, you know there's like steps going up and then you look at another way and the steps are going a different direction and like everything's kind of upside down so yeah if you look at some of his 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 work uh you understand what he's saying but yeah but what he's saying is they can't tell really if they're if they're actually going up or not yeah um and if they're trying if they're being able to get out of the haunted mansion or not had a yes. haunted house Yes, because they have to uh, they have to think about things a little differently now. So, exactly. So Johnny gets the idea, and he's saying like, "Hey, I think we should have Nikki. I think we should have her tell us where to go, because she has this um, she has this uh, uh, talent where she can sense stuff more than we can." And I was like, "You figured all that because she can sense the fucking horses." Yeah. Yes. Even though the horse thing is the only time we yes. vi- we we uh, visit that in the. I mean, movie. unless you unless you censored Doom, but I mean, fuck. <laughs> I think everybody should right. have done that. Exactly. So, at this point. So they ask her, like, "What do you want us to do?" And then you know, you want us to head back that way, or you want us to go up the ladder, or head back to where we were. And then she starts like spinning around, and she starts laughing at everything. And they're like, "Okay, we need to be serious here for one second. Where where are we going?" <laughs> So they get they get they go back on the ladder, all right. So Robin goes first, and they go up to the crypt room, and then Johnny makes a joke like, "Oh, I've been in this crypt room so much that uh, that you know it's kind of like coming to like a second home." And Robin's like, yeah, "You know, a man, a man who's been here so much time, he can adapt to anything." <laughs> Thanks, guys. Oh, I hate all these characters. I <laughs> know <laughs> they all suck. I mean. Oh God! So now, um, so they're up to that crypt room, and uh, mm-hmm. Robin, uh, uh, not he's not, you know, like, yeah. So the light shines up. The light is shining. They never even bring up the light shining up behind him all the time. They I mean they just talking like, oh yeah, this crypt has lights on it, no problem. 
So Elisha ends up next to them, and they get, um, so the Elisha ends up next to them, and they're basically saying, like, you know, saying, like, we got to get, we got to get out of here, you know, death, that, the only thing that can creep up on us and get us is death. Yes. So now we're outside, and the cops have now found, found the van that they were looking for. It, like, tipped over. The van somehow tipped over. So I'm thinking now, because when we last left the van, it wasn't tipped over. It was just in uh, the lake. But this van looked right. like it was, like, tipped over on, like, yeah, it's like on, like, ground. So, yeah, like something's turned the van over now. I mean, unless the, the current from the river just pushed the van down river, like, I thought, like, what, what was going to happen? I guess I could just say it now is I thought that the kids maybe died outside and somehow their spirits were stuck in this like crypt place. You know what I mean? Wow. Like maybe okay, what Tina more thought than I put into it. Yeah. Like I thought <laughs> Tina, when she said like, maybe we're already dead, maybe they were already dead. And they're, they're in That's another point. They're in another ending loop. Cause they got stuck in this, like, like this never ending loop of this getting trapped okay. by the person. And we find out that's going to be the crypt keeper guy, which we'll get to. But anyway, as I, as we move on, um, she is now has to decide, do they want to go downstairs again or do they want to go through the door? And Nikki, she takes her a little bit of sweet time and then she eventually says, let's just go downstairs where we, we did it. Okay. And so now they decided to go, you know, down the stairs. And apparently it's going to be done at about 6.15 because around 6.15 nowadays in this time period, that's when the dawn starts happening. And David's pretty mm. much the only one that wants to win the treasure. Everybody pretty much just wants to, like, get out of there. So they go downstairs. And something scares Tina. She falls. We think she's dead. Nope, she just wakes up. Everything's fine. They all hug. Yep, no problem. All right, they walk up. They 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 see a light outside. All right, and it's like a like a little hole through the crypt. And they all pretty much said, like, Robin, go up there and climb it. Nikki kisses Robin really quick. David's like, oh, I ain't doing any of that shit. <laughs> Moves <laughs> out of the way. Yep. Uh, Robin gets all the way up to the top, and a bunch of dirt falls on him, and he falls down. And then he wakes up, and he was saying, oh, I thought I was dying. <laughs> sure. And then Tina, she freaks out, and she's like, we're never getting out of here. And that's what I'm still thinking about my theory, that they are all dead, you know, they're just stuck in this loop, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, remember that, everybody. That, that, that is a decent theory, yeah. actually. Yeah, that's what I was thinking right now. I was like, okay, you know, we we didn't see, we just saw the van tipped over, we didn't see what's inside the van yet, and they're all, Tina keeps bringing up this thing, like, hey, we're all dead, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I was thinking in my head. So, they argue about uh, who's all fought this shit was. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, all, okay. Yeah, that was awesome. Yes. All right. And then, um, you know, they they're all arguing about it. Uh, eventually, um, Nikki she 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 finds the way out after all arguing stuff. And when they go up this, this room, this up up this ladder part of the room, this is when we see Red Eye. Mm-hmm. That's why I called yep. him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you guys are here. Come up this, uh, come up this ladder and ca- claim your prize." So they all come up. He all helps them get them all up, you know, one by one. So 
they so he they all come up and they claim you know they claim their prize and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they now they're all grabbing the gold and like putting it all around them and stuff. So they they go into the gold. They all touch it. They're all putting the gold on like it's like you know necklaces and and crowns and shit. And then randomly Johnny says, "Hey, there's a girl's panties in here. I guess some girl better panties one time." Ha ha ha! God, oh my god, these fucking jokes. <laughs> and then. Um, So now, you know, they're all like celebrating. You know, they won gold and 50 bucks and some panties. Mm-hmm. Uh, red eyes <laughs> comes out of the shadows and Tina sees him out of his, out of her eye. And now he's laughing. The, uh, the, the red eye is he's laughing and stuff. And he pulls off his face to reveal that he was a demon, which I'm not really sure if this is supposed to get like a shocking thing or not. Cause I pretty <laughs> sure assume he's a demon the whole time. <laughs> And, and and they're all like, oh, he's a demon. And he's like walking and laughing during the whole time. And he's like, here, I'm here to welcome you. And then David's like, yeah, what the fuck? Uh, what are you talking about? Welcome us and stuff. And he's like, take off that carnival mask. And then the demon grabs him and pushes him away. And he's like, you kids haven't figured this out yet. And he laughs. And I'm like, thinking, I'm still thinking about my theory. It's, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, your kids are already dead, and you're in a never-ending loop. Okay? And, you know, David thinks, like, hey, is this, like, a dream or a nightmare or something? And, th- and then Tina says again, what if we're all, like, really dead? Like, what if we're all, like, mm-hmm. we're actually dead right now? Right, right, right. And then, out of nowhere, we get the fucking cops looking in the van. There's nobody in the van. Cops go to the van. It's all tipped over. There's nobody in the van. And then... No joke, this cop says, oh, fuck, I think these are the kids that stole those chocolate bars. So they're looking right. for kids okay. who stole chocolate bars in this van. Yeah. You know, yeah. I swear this kid stole nothing but bottles and chips. Okay. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's what I remember too. Okay. So now we cut back. So, so now, okay, hold on. Now there's no dead bodies in the van at all. Okay. So they're not dead. Or supposedly now we have the red-haired, red-eyed demon guy. He now says, "I am the Grim Reaper." Yes. Okay. And he has like a little Grim Reaper like fucking thing. So I'm thinking, okay, this guy's the Grim Reaper. He can control death. All these kids are dead, and they're going to be in another ending loop in this cave. But no. Right. Fucking no. happens is David just grabs a fucking golden knife out of his pirate bucket. Yes. Stabs the Grim Reaper. Bucket. <laughs> Stabs the fucking Grim Reaper in the stomach. Fucking Grim Reaper dies for like five minutes. Alright? Then they all get outside. The cops see him. They rescue him. Then the cops are like, oh, you put all that gold in the, in the sack. All of it. I want all the gold. <laughs> and, all right? and then they're like, okay, don't worry about the girl. Just take us out of where anybody but there. And then we just end the fucking film. And I'm right. Like, so what? if the movie had ended yeah. with like showing the dead, the kids' dead bodies in the van, yeah, then it would have been. It's a cool a plot line. Yeah. yeah, it would have been a cool plot line. I mean, this would have been like a you know a, a, a pretty good plot line. You know, if yeah, like I said, like you know the kids died while that maybe maybe what happened was when they were going down river, the river was so had so much current that it tipped the van over, and that's when the kids died for the van getting tipped over. And then right, because right. we're in a haunted uh, 
cemetery burial ground with the Grim Reaper, he brought their souls to the cemetery to be haunted for eternity. I mean, fuck, yeah, the shit writes the, itself right there, but no. We just got a bunch of jokesters who won some right. carnival game, and then they got all their right. fake fake pirate gold stolen by the cops. Right. And then... and. <laughs> And like I just I couldn't help but laugh when he when he sta- stabs the Grim Reaper when he's like I know like, like what the fuck the, like it's so ominous like I am the Grim Reaper and then he just gets stabbed it's like oh oh why'd you have to do that he fucking died so easy I'm like you're the fucking Grim yeah. Reaper you're like one of the hardest bosses to fight on Castlevania and you get stabbed exactly stabbed exactly. by a little golden s- stick like what the fuck yeah by David of all people. Yeah, of all people, yeah. Sorry. So now that we revisited it, yeah, uh-huh. this is probably the worst Bava movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's a, you know, I get doing like the 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 tongue and cheeks. I get doing like the yeah. TV film. You don't want to show a lot of gore and stuff, but you could still, right, yeah. I think you could still have made this pretty like ominous if you would have, like I said, had the kids. You didn't have to show any blood. All you had to do is show them all in the van, laying down. You know, look like they're perceived to be dead, and then we, and then right. the Green Reaper tells them at the end. Hey, guess what? Your kids are already dead, and I own your souls. Boom! End of movie. Done. Right. Perfect. What's the problem? Right, and that would have been. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. But no, we got this goofy ass shit at the end. So, but you know, like I said, I think this movie would have been really good if it had, you know, my opinion that ending, and if it was if it was the movie that they were watching in Demons as well. If they linked the whole universe together, I think that would have been pretty pretty cool. What do you think, there, Allison? Um. I liked it better than I liked it after we talked about it. So I like it less than I used to. However, um, at the same time, um, I mean, it's still decent. Like, it's still fun to watch. It's yeah. just... Yeah, know. I mean, I get it. You know, you're you're at the house. You got, like, a pizza. You got Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Halloween time. You just want to chill, relax. Uh, you know, want to watch a little movie on TV. You know, fine. I get it. You know, we don't have to think about stuff. Kids out there getting scared of little haunted house tricks, perfectly fine. But I think, like, you know, if you made, like, a little bit of a remake of this movie, I think you can make it a little bit more creepy and a little bit more, like, yeah. um, more fascinating than it, than it was. So Yeah, I, I agree. Like, it could definitely, it definitely could have been better. So. Um, really odd. Really odd. But everybody, that has been our review of Graveyard Disturbance as we roll on. Of March, talking about graveyards yeah. and cemeteries. Up what do next, we got next week? Well, up next, we're going to be talking all about Mausoleum. Ooh. Video nasty, brother. Demons. Yeah. Cemeteries, all kinds of crazy shit coming out of this one. I've never seen this one before, so we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. See if it uh, has a good finish, a good plot line. We'll see what happens. And of course, our last review of March is going to be the Pet Cemetery, so that should be very, very fun. But everybody, we what, what, Allison? What are we going to be listening to? Guns and Roses track? Do you want to leave, leave us with? Man, oh, Guns and Roses. Let's. There's so many classics on that first album. Oh yeah. Let's um. Let's leave with "Out to Get Me," Ooh. since all the possibly the Grim Reapers out to get these kids. Yes. Let's listen to "Out to Get Me" on the way out tonight. Yes. This. So you're telling me that this Grim Reaper. <laughs> What he does is he lures people into his haunted kitchen bar. He serves them drink and sausage. He makes up some tales about Knights Templar trying to get his gold like a leprechaun. 
he gets them into a non-scary crypt where they'd have to go mm-hmm. through a bunch of up and down stairs with demons that actually are afraid of them more than they want to attack right. them. And then at the end, yeah. he's like, I got you trapped souls forever and get stabbed by a knife and ends. That is the major plot of our good old boy. That sounds about right. Yeah. But everybody, we will see you soon here on the Retro Blood. <laughs> yeah. See you next week. Yeah.